0: How we doing? How we doing? Hey, so first and foremost, welcome to Genesis. My name is Jake. Some of you probably have never seen me before, and that's okay. I'm obviously not as good-looking as Mike, but I'm going to do my best here tonight. But uh, so my name is Jake. I actually work here at the church. I work in the student ministry. So if you come on a Wednesday night, you'd see me a lot more, unfortunately. But... So I work in the student ministry. I do a bunch of different things here at the church. And Mike gave giving the opportunity to speak to you guys tonight. And so I'm very, very excited to be able to do that. But before we get into any of that, I want to let you guys know of some things going on here at Genesis. And so... Um, We have started a podcast a couple weeks ago, and so this Thursday, episode three comes out. It's about making decisions, and so Pastor Brad, one of our pastors here on staff, has actually done that one. So on Thursday, be looking out for that. It's going to be really good if you want to know about how to make better decisions. Um, And then also, this Sunday morning at church in main service, your boy Mike Woodard is speaking. So, that's right. So if you wanna come this Sunday morning, please come show up and support Mike because it's gonna be an amazing message, I have no doubt. But like I said, I'm excited to speak to you guys tonight and we're in a series called Trending Topics and the topic we're gonna be looking at tonight is on faithfulness. And I know that's a a big churchy word and that you may just automatically wanna check out because this is just gonna be another churchy message and I already know about faithfulness so I'm just gonna kind of check out of this topic because I don't really care all that much or maybe I feel like I already know everything about being faithful, but I really wanna challenge you to kind of open your hearts, open your minds and eyes and ears to maybe see something different tonight. Maybe understand a little bit more about who God is and who you are. And maybe if you let yourself, you can hear from God, maybe for the first time tonight in a new realm of faithfulness. But the way I wanna kind of tackle it a little bit tonight for us is this kind of question is, what is God's will for my life? Or is God truly faithful? Or what does it really mean to be faithful? And I think in this generation, in this this time of our lives, we ask ourselves that question all the time, like, what is God's will for my life? I'm in college, I'm in school, I'm at this job, what's the next step? You know, what is my major gonna be? Because I'm trying to get my normal classes out of the way so I can get to the good fun stuff, but then after that comes a job and comes life and decisions and maybe marriage and So what do all these things mean and what is God's plan for my life in that? And what does faithfulness have to do with that? And so that's kind of how we're gonna tackle it tonight. But I wanna first pray and kind of get our hearts in the right place before we go any further. So would you pray with me? Father, we love you and we thank you so much for um, this night and this opportunity that we have to come and hear from you. Lord God, I pray that everything that is said tonight is um, strictly from your word and from your spirit. Father, that um, the words that I say are not mine, but they're yours, Father, and I pray that. Um, it wouldn't fall on deaf ears, but you would open our hearts and our ears to to hear, Lord God, what you're, you're wanting to tell us tonight about how faithful you truly are and how we can see your faithfulness in everything that, that goes on in this world that we, we live in. So Father, I pray that you would just um, go before us tonight. We believe that um, you're gonna do miraculous things. We know that you're gonna change lives. And so Father, we pray that tonight we would just be open to what you wanna do. So we love you and thank you. And everybody said, amen. amen. So a question for you guys, how many of you have allergies? Just like seasonal allergies, anything that just automatically makes you hate your life, pretty much. So I struggle with seasonal allergies very, very badly. I, especially like this past month and a half has been like the worst month and a half of my entire life. I feel like this year has been the worst year ever. And I say that every year, but usually... I feel like it just really is the worst year because this year, like, I, have, I normally wear contacts and I have them in right now, but by the end of the message, I'll be dying to get them out because I can't last that long, you know? Like, all day long, the allergies that I can see and can't see just ruin my life. Um, and so some of you will know exactly what I mean by that, but for me, it gets the worst when I cut the grass. And I, I don't mind cutting the grass. I've grown up cutting the grass, it's not my favorite thing to do, but I know how to do it and I do it pretty well. But during this time of year, when all the pollen settles in the grass, you know, and you cut it, what does it do? Stirs it up and I just, I'm miserable for the next 24 to 48 hours because I'm just outside breathing all this stuff in. It's terrible. But when I do cut the grass, there's a spot in our backyard where it's just like all dirt and like there's grass and it like grows up six feet high. I have to cut it three times. But then there's this one spot by the house, it's like kind of off the house a little bit, but it never gets any rain. It just is dirt. And so I love that spot because I don't have to cut the grass there. So it saves me some time. But it's it's an area that just is all dirt and no grass grows because it doesn't get much sunlight. Whenever the sun moves throughout the day, it's just kind of shaded by the house. And then no rain gets there because the house kind of blocks the rain, I guess. So it just stays dirt. And it's crazy because the truth is, and we all know this, but grass grows where it's being watered, correct? But it grows because it's receiving what it needs. And I think the same goes for our walk with God. Our walk with God is strengthened when the more we focus on it and water it. So what does that mean in terms of faithfulness? I think often this generation of, of people struggles with being faithful Because if we aren't satisfied with what's going on in our world, if we're not satisfied with what the way our life looks, if the way our job is going, the way our relationship is going, if we're not happy or if it's not the way that we think it should, then we automatically move and look to something better, right? We look to something that okay, maybe I need to change jobs because this one's not working out, or maybe I just maybe I should break up with this person because they don't make me feel the way I want to be felt, you know, or maybe whatever the case may be, we look to something better and this. Grass is greener mentality. We've all said that phrase probably before. And, but being faithful is too hard sometimes. So we look to something else as new, hoping that the grass is greener on the other side. But I heard this before and it's so true, but the grass is greener where you water it. The grass is greener where you water it. So we're called to be faithful where we're at, feeding our relationship with God every day. And that's what faithfulness is. It's feeding our relationship with God, giving it what it needs, just like grass needs water. And so this message is going to be kind of like a twofold message, two major parts, and the first part is, is why should we be faithful? Why should we be faithful? A lot of the time, we look at the season of our life, like I said earlier, and we ask the question, man, what am I supposed to do with my life? You know, what am I supposed to do with this next season? What is God's will? And for me, I struggle with that question a lot. Um, When I was in college, I've been out of college for about three years now, and Um, I feel like every semester, every year of college, I would get through certain level of classes and I'd feel good about those classes. But the deeper I went into my major, I I would question a little bit, like, is this really what I wanna do? Like, am I gonna be able to get a job after college? Is this gonna really be able to support a family? I start second guessing my major or I get a job and I start second guessing that job. And I'm wondering, is this really what God wants me to do? But at the same time, if I really were to stop and think about my situation, God had already given me what I needed. God had already given what I needed for that season of life and it was up to me to decide what I did with it. And we see this story or this kind of idea in scripture. Um, So if you wanna open up to Matthew 25, that's where we're gonna kind of camp out tonight. Um, To kind of give us an idea, we're gonna be in Matthew 25 verse 14, but to kind of give you an idea of what Matthew 25 is about, This is Jesus talking, and he's uh, talking about and describing the kingdom of God in the time before he returns. He's saying, at the end of time, before I return, this is what the kingdom of God's going to look like. Um, And he kind of uses parables, which is basically stories of how this is going to look to kind of help us understand. And so, Matthew 25, verse 14, starts um, the story called the parable of the talents. And basically, what a talent is, it's a sum of money. Um, And that sum of money, I Googled it, and I was. Shocked, but it's actually like $1,400,000, a little over. So when you hear the word talents in this parable, it's basically like over a million dollars in our context. So we're going to start in verse 14 and then just kind of see where this takes us. Verse 14 starts and says, For it, the kingdom of God, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more, but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. So here in this first part of the parable, we see that this master had given these men each a talent, some he gave Uh, five, then two, then one. And they all decided to do something with what they were given. All three of them decided to do something with it, but only two of them decided to actually invest their money and one decided to hide it. So let's continue on to see what takes place. Verse 19. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward bringing five talents more saying, master, you delivered me to me five talents. Here, I've made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he who also had the two talents came forward saying, master, you delivered me two talents here. I've made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. We see here the first two men, they used what was given to them and they were faithful with it. They weren't looking to waste any time. They did well and they were faithful because they knew that what was given to them was very important and it was worth something. And so they knew that they, they had a responsibility when this was given to them. They had a responsibility to do something with it. And they did well, and they were very faithful with it. Well, let's continue on to see about the third guy. Verse 24. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Guys, just like this parable, we have been given gifts and talents and opportunities. What are we doing with it? I think Jesus shares this story and says in the kingdom of God at the end of times, this is how it's gonna be. There's gonna be people that take the opportunities and gifts that I've given them, and they're gonna do something with it, and they're gonna be faithful people. And I'm gonna say, well done, good and faithful servant. But there's gonna be some people that are gonna take what's been given and not do anything with it. And think that they're doing something okay by not squandering it, but really they're wasting it. And I think God is saying, don't waste the God-given potential that I've given you. Don't waste the opportunity that I've given you. For me, this right here is is the passion that I have. It's why I'm in ministry. Like I said earlier, I'm in student ministry. And so I see kids from sixth grade through 12th grade, 12 to 18. And and the reason I'm in student ministry is because I believe at that age, they begin to realize that they have God-given potential. And they're trying to figure out what to do with it. And if I don't do my job well at helping them realize that that potential is there and it is given to them by God, by the time that they get to this age, they will have wasted it. And it is my prayer that you guys aren't in the boat where you're wasting the opportunities that God has given you. You're not wasting the potential that you have. God has given us each gifts and talents and opportunities. And the question I have for us tonight is what are you doing with it? He doesn't want us to waste it. There's God a given potential in every single one of us. So, what are we doing with it? I've learned in my life from, from missed opportunities and things where I didn't understand, but I've learned that when we're faithful in today with what we've been given, it prepares us for what God has in store for tomorrow. I'll say that again. When we are faithful in today with what we've been given, it prepares us for what God has in store tomorrow. He wants us to use that potential today. And so are we being faithful in that potential? I feel like a lot of us at this age or in this season of life, maybe we're just kind of waiting around in limbo, hoping that God does something drastic in our lives. Or maybe that God will just drop something unheard of in our lap, uh, an opportunity that we weren't expecting into our lap. And that very well could happen. But I think, so much of us are using that as an excuse maybe to, to say, I'm not gonna do anything with what God has given me because I'm waiting for something drastic to happen. When really what he's asking us to do may be something very small in our eyes, but it will do something huge in the kingdom of God. But we have such, such finite minds in thinking that what we have to offer isn't that important, so I'm not gonna do anything with it because it can't really make that much of an impact. And so we squander it but maybe that's something small God is asking you to do is to have a conversation with somebody. Maybe it's to pray with somebody. Maybe it's to drive a different route to school or to work. Whatever the case may be, you can think of it for yourself, but maybe it's something very small. He gave five talents to one guy, but he gave one talent to another guy, but he was expecting the same thing, for them not to waste it and for them to invest it. So you may be sitting here with five talents, And God has given you so much, are you wasting it? Are you stepping into the potential that God has for you in that? Or maybe he's only given you one, but you can still do so much with that one. When we're faithful with the small things, God will give more because he trusts us to handle it. He knows that we can handle it. But if we're not faithful, he will take what's been given, that missed opportunity, that missed conversation, he'll give it to somebody else. The talents were taken from the one man and they were given to the man with five and that servant was cast out. Guys, God has given us gifts, but I don't think any of us would sit here and say that we want God to take that away from us because we weren't faithful with it. God is looking for somebody to show himself strong to. Are we gonna be a generation of people that say yes to God and step into the potential that he's called us into to be the example? If you're longing for more of God, what are you doing today with where he has you and what he's given you? I would hope that everyone here would say, I want more of God in my life. And if you say, if that's what you want, what are you doing with where he has you? What are you doing with what he's given you? And can you say that you've been faithful in those things? I believe wholeheartedly that God wants us to be faithful with what we have and where we are, and he'll make the rest happen. Matthew 6.33 says this, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. When Jesus says this, he's talking about our our clothing, the food, the things that we worry about on a day-to-day basis. We don't have to worry about those things because if we seek his kingdom first, all those things will be added unto you. Seek first his kingdom and he'll make the rest happen, but we worry about the rest, and we lose focus about his kingdom and what he's asking us to do, but yet we, we cover it up by saying, I want God's will for my life. Do you? Do you really understand what you're asking for, and if you really want God's will for your life, are you being faithful with what he's given you and where he's calling you to be? I had a pastor one time tell me, it was kind of similar to talk, talking about like God's will for our life, and um, how to to figure it out. And this was a few years ago, but he said this to me, and I swear I'll never forget it. He said, Jake, if you wanna know what God's called you to do or what his will is for your life, he said, look at the last thing God told you to do and do it with all your heart and don't stop until he moves you. Don't stop until he moves you. Think about the last thing God told you to do. The last thing he told you to do And do it with all of your heart. And don't move until he moves you. I believe that's what faithfulness looks like. That's the mentality God is wanting from us because it forces us to strictly rely on God and trusting him in the faithful seasons and in the hard seasons. So that leads me to the second part is, is God faithful? And this is the key truth. If you don't get anything tonight, get this. Our level of faithfulness does not determine God's level of faithfulness. Our level of faithfulness does not determine what God will do. It won't determine his level of faithfulness. There will be times in our lives where where we're not gonna be faithful. We're gonna struggle. We're not gonna be confident in God's plan. We're not gonna be sure of what's next. And I know that God knew this. And so he sent a rock of solid foundation and faithfulness in Jesus. God embodied the faithfulness in the man Jesus. Jesus is the epitome of faithfulness. But in those times, the hard times, we rest in his faithfulness and trust that he'll bring us through. 1 John 1:9 says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So give God the hard times. I know it's hard. I know it's not easy to be faithful every second of every day. I know we struggle with emotions. I know we struggle with frustrations. I know we struggle with the unknown. But God's not saying just deal with it. He's saying give those times to me and when you don't know how to be faithful, trust that I am faithful because I showed it in the man Jesus. I showed it when I sent him here to die on the cross for you and for me. If anything, that's enough. And I should rest in that knowing that that is enough for me and it should be enough for you doesn't mean the hard times aren't hard. Trust me, that's not what I'm saying. We all walk through hard times and we will, but give them to God and trust that his faithfulness will bring us through. Jesus showed his faithfulness on the cross and because of that, we live in the response to what he's done for us. And that response is to love him and to love other people. Don't look for the opportunities that you know God hasn't placed in front of you. Look to his faithfulness as a motivator you to be faithful with what he's given. Like I said, for some of you, that's going to be a lot. And sometimes it's going to feel overwhelming. Trust that he is faithful and he'll carry you through. Some of you feel like you have nothing to offer and feel like what, the gift that you have is, is worthless or it's not enough as the person sitting to the left or right of you. It's not going to matter, but it does to God because he's the one that gave it to you. And he wouldn't have given it to you if he didn't have a plan and a purpose for it. So trust that he's faithful. So tonight when we respond, I want you guys to be thinking that I need to be faithful where I'm planted and water the area that God has placed you in. You're there for a reason and God hasn't finished with you yet. Even in the times where you don't understand or you're frustrated or maybe looking for greener grass, guys, if your grass is dead, begin to water it through prayer, fasting, his word, time spent with the Father. Those things are not wasted because those are the ways you water your relationship with God. You give it the things that you need. A lot of us are sitting here and the grass is dead in our lives. Our relationship with God is dead. We feel nothing. And we come to a service hoping that three worship songs are going to do it for us, or maybe a message is going to do it for us. I promise you it's not. It's the time outside of this room that you spend with your Father. That's what it looks like to water your relationship with God. And if you don't know what to do, if you don't know what to do or what to be faithful in or how to be faithful, love God and love others. That's what it boils down to. Even Jesus said himself, all the commandments I've ever given, it boils down to these two things. All of the commandments wrap up into these two things. If you love God and love others, you're walking in his will. If you're asking yourself tonight, what, what is God's will for my life? Or how do I find it? How do I get in line? Are you loving God? Are you loving people with everything that you are? If you're doing those things, you're walking in his will. So as the band comes up, we respond tonight. I want you guys to, to really understand. Be faithful and trust And God, because he proved who he is, he proved that he was faithful when he sent Jesus. If If you don't get anything tonight, believe and trust that God loves you and that he has a plan for you and that he's given you everything you need for this season of life, whether it's the hardest season you've ever walked through or maybe you feel like this is one of the sweetest spots you've ever been in. God loves you no matter where you find yourself, he's got a plan for you. Matthew six thirty three: seek first his kingdom and all of these things will be added unto you. Be faithful with what he's given you and he will give you things that you need. He already has. He's already given you Jesus. That should be enough. But he knows that we walk through life. He knows that things come. Trust in Jesus and he will give you everything that you need for the season you find yourself in today. Would you guys stand with me? I'm gonna respond and... As we worship, I want you guys to be focused on the faithfulness of your father, focused on the faithfulness of his son and what he did for you. Think about the season of life that you're in and trust that he'll bring you through. If he brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. Would you guys pray with me? Father, we love you and we thank you. God, that you are faithful. Father, it may be hard to see it right now. We may not understand right now. We may not know exactly what it looks like. But Lord God, all of that we push aside And right now, in this moment, we just look to you and the cross and know that because of the cross, we can trust that you are faithful. You proved it when you sent Jesus. God, you proved it when you died on that cross. You proved it when you rose three days later, conquering sin and death. Oh God, and so I know you're calling us into something so much greater than ourselves. You've given us each gifts and abilities and opportunities. Father, I pray that we wouldn't waste it. Father, I pray that we would just trust that you are faithful. We rest in you tonight, and we love you, and we thank you. In your name, amen.